Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is actually nothing. And that is because I have like three packages coming in the mail that each contain multiple fragrances. And I am so excited and I know I'm going to be spraying them everywhere that I just wanted to have clean skin. And no, I'm not talking about clean skin, the fragrance. I just didn't want to have any perfume on. I will tell you what's on the way, which is by popular demand, lots of affordable fragrances. Okay, so the first one that's on the docket is the new Flankers from The Body Shop. You guys know White Musk, the OG from The Body Shop. It retails for $16. It's been around since 1981, and I feel like it's best in class in like affordable 80s style fresh musks. I just saw that they have new Flankers out. One of them is called Black Musk, and so I ordered that because it's supposed to be like a darker, woodier take on the fresh OG, and then they also have another one called White Musk Lover. That is supposed to be a warmer, more sensual version of the cleaner White Musk classic. Then the other package I have is a bottle of CK Eternity Intense, which I ordered off FragranceNet for $25. Y'all know I will do anything for a good Oris fragrance. I have heard this one has been compared to Maison Margiela's lipstick on, and thus I must try it. And then the other two fragrances that I ordered were H&M fragrances, just because I've been curious about them. They retail for $7. So like, you know, my expectation is low. I hope to be pleasantly surprised. But I did order lip gloss and pear, which both, I don't know, the names sound promising and fun. So we'll see. My perfume juice of the day is on Kieran NYC's newest scent, Pier NY. Pier New York is like not my typical scent at all. You guys know I don't really talk about aquatics that much because it's just like not my personal favorite genre, but they sent me this bottle, so I was excited to experience it. And I have to say like, it is so photorealistic. As soon as I sprayed it, as someone who's lived in New York for the past decade, I am instantly transported to running along, or I mean, in my case, more like walking and like huffing, but being along the East River Esplanade at sunset and you get the smell that's like the smell of the fresh air. There's something ozonic, something a little bit industrial because like also the highways to your left. And then this sort of like salty river quality. Yes, don't come for me. I know rivers are fresh water, but there is a saltiness in the smell. I will say it. Is there salt in the river? I don't know. Someone tell me. But the notes in this fragrance are gorgeous. It's got salty fig accords, eucalyptus, violet, sage, bergamot, seaweed, mimosa, and it makes it this herbal, herbaceous, aromatic, salty fragrance. If you like Joe Malone wood sage and sea salt, if you like Thin Wild Mercury Zuma 1975, if you like Terry Mugler Womanity, check this out. While it is very different, I feel like all of these share a common genre and it is one that I really appreciate. The TikTok question of the day comes from Fireside Freckles and they say, I'm going to read it in an Australian accent just for, you know, fun. Help, I'm desperate to find a powdery woody leather scent with a hint of sweet. Any suggestions? Was that good, you guys? Okay. So yeah, I have a few that come to mind. The first one I'm going to recommend that I just thought of right off the bat was Bottega Veneta, the original Bottega Veneta scent. And I'm really proud of myself because apparently I've been pronouncing it wrong and I just learned it. So (laughs) Bottega Veneta. Um, But that scent to me is sort of like a, I don't know if there's an iris note in there, but there's something a little bit powdery in there to me, but it's also like a warm leather scent. So check that one out. The other one that comes to mind, I'll name a few, would be the 2011 formulation of Dior Homme. Yes, this is a cologne typically marketed to men. Om translates to man in French. However, I find it to be incredibly unisex. I personally wear it. And it has this gorgeous iris oris facet, notes of cacao. It's really warm, but it's grounded in these woody notes. And there's also a beautiful leather note in there. Now, if you want something that has a leather note, but it airs on the powdery side, try La Tessa by Mask Milano. If you want something that has a powdery note, but it airs on the leathery side, try Atelier Camellia Intrepide. And if you want something that kind of feels like a blend of all three, that maybe is a little bit sweeter, but it's woody, leathery, sweet, and a tad powdery, I would say try Dead Cool Blondo 3 or Byredo Black Saffron. Those both have nice violet notes. So there's like a slight powdery vibe in there, but definitely more of like the like sweet, leathery, woody notes. I think we should get on to our guest. This episode today is so freaking awesome. We are joined by High Priestess of Brooklyn herself, 
Alex Kaola. Alex is first and foremost an intuitive. She is an astrologer and reader of the tarot and also just cool as hell and a good hang. In this episode, we cover so much ground. We talk about getting signs from your loved ones who've passed on in the forms of smell and why they send them to us. We also talk about how to pick an auspicious wedding date and the loophole for getting married during Mercury in retrograde because, spoiler alert, Alex is in fact getting married in two weeks and Mercury is in fact currently in retrograde. So duh, yes, I give Alex a scent consultation for her big day, how to smell like the ultimate fall bride, and coolest of all, Alex then gives me a live birth chart reading and tarot reading in this episode. I did edit out some of it for time, but from what you guys will hear, you'll be able to tell just how freaking talented, intuitive, and knowledgeable, and also fun Alex is. I highly recommend you all book a reading with her, and I have included booking info in the notes of this episode. It is my distinct pleasure to kick off October with my favorite witchy guest yet, Alex Kaola, aka the High Priestess of Brooklyn. Alex, welcome to the Perfume Room. It's such a joy to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? It's so awesome to be here. Thanks, Emma. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm I'm solidly in Libra season. Are you a Libra? No, I'm a Gemini. Okay. So I like a, a Libra moment. We, I mean, it is Mercury retrograde. Right, right. Now, but it's okay. It's going to be fine. It feels, for me, I feel like it's always Mercury. In re- like, I feel like whenever something yeah. shitty is going on, like, Mercury is inevitably in retrograde, so. Yeah. You can often count on it to be in, in retrograde. Interesting. <laughs> well, it's like three times a year. Three times a year. And those are mm-hmm. my three shitty times a year. So yes. whenever something bad is happening. Although I have heard if you were born in retrograde, then it's like a good time for you. Yes. That's okay. true. Interesting. It's like how you're normal. Like Mercury is your brain mm-hmm. sign, the way you communicate, how you learn, things like that. So if you're always in retrograde, then you're always thinking about things in a little bit of a different way or kind of backing into the right answer. So yeah, it can be a little bit of an easier time for those peeps. Well, Alex, I feel like there's a whole connection between intuition and astrology and psychic abilities and scent. And, um, I actually, we found each other, I think, because you were writing an, you were writing an article about scent and, um, astrology, right? Yeah. Yes. For well and good. I do a lot of work with them. So Mm -hmm. we were brainstorming and we were like, let's do a candle Mm -hmm. article. So that's how I found your work. And then I kind of fell down a rabbit hole and I was like, I don't even know what these like, I don't know what she's talking about a lot of the time, which was making me excited because I like to like learn a lot more yeah. and I just love the way that you present information. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I definitely learned a lot about, I think like groups of sense. Cause mm-hmm. I also pulled my community to say like, what do you guys light up? Mm-hmm. Um, candle wise, like what sense bring you back to center? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I think people are, what I've found through the research is that people are often, um, needing when they need to come down, maybe their polarity point. So from an astrological perspective, mm-hmm. you're a Scorpio stellium. Yes, I am. But you would need maybe like a Taurian scent to calm down or just like a one note instead of like a super complex scent um, in order to reset or, you know, add some balance into your life. So it was just interesting to see those trends come out in the data and just also to feel into it intuitively. But yeah, you're right. There's there's a huge, huge connection between the psychic ability, the a lot of times people will smell mm-hmm. someone who has passed and that's a way that they're getting in touch or it's a way for you to know that that's the type of information they're trying to give you or just give you a hug or yeah. I'm thinking of you, you know? Do you have, are you a medium as well or? So I do medium work. When you're a, a, a psychic or you're in these modalities, mm-hmm. I find that it's better to say when you're studying a certain ability instead of saying outright, like, this is who I am and what I do. So mm-hmm. before I said I was an outright astrologer, I had been studying it for many years, you mm-hmm. know, before I was an outright tarot reader. I have been studying it for many years. So I am studying mediumship. 
Interesting. Because, you know, mm-hmm. my my father passed away and he was a chain smoker, unfortunately. So my scent associations with him are like not necessarily great. But I remember like a month or two ago, I was sitting with my mom. Also, my parents were divorced forever. But like, you know, there's still an association. We were sitting in the living room and he came up and I swear... 20 minutes into our conversation, I was like, why does the house smell like stale cigarettes? Nobody in my house smokes. And we just got this whiff of like the disgusting smell of his like old dirty car. And I was like, this is so his way of saying he's here, even though it's not a pleasant smell. It was my dad's smell. I don't know. I just, that's something I've always been fast. Have you had any experience like that in your personal life? A hundred percent. And it's funny that you mentioned that because you and my sister have the same birthday. What? Am she, I your yeah. sister? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Long lost sisters. Um, so she's actually my stepsister. So her mom, my stepmother, passed away um, about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And similarly, she she was also a chain smoker, but she covered it up with perfume okay. always. Okay. And she was always carrying like a leather bag. So she sort of smelled like cigarettes, leather, and some perfume that was usually quite strong. Mm -hmm. So we get that. That's like her scent. It's really cigarettes and leather, but like a lot of times it has a perfume too. Mm -hmm. We both get that scent all the time. Wow. Because she comes to us all in all sorts of different ways, but that's Mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny that you mentioned the cigarette smoke because we both aren't smokers in that way and didn't like it when we were kids and Mm -hmm. we would always, you know, do that. But it's like weirdly comforting now to smell her and to smell cigarette smoke just in general. Right. Well, I I don't know if you feel that way. I mean, yeah. Well, I've never been into cigarette smoke because I always, it's funny when my dad was alive, I was like, I hate this. It reminds me of my dad who smokes. But now that he's like gone, I'm like, wow, this smell. I mean, my dad also had like other things like this is an overshare, but like my dad didn't take care of his teeth. He was a chain smoker. And by the time Mm -hmm. he was like 60, he had to get like almost all his teeth pulled. Obviously the doctor gave him dentures to wear, but they weren't comfortable for him. And so he would walk around unless he had a social reason. Like if I would just go to his house and visit him, he just like would be 62 without teeth. Like it just aged him so much. And I remember I was on like the subway once pre COVID and there was just like a drunk guy without teeth, like singing. And I was like, why does, what does this drunkard remind me of my dad? But I was like, you know what? I see, like, I get weird signs. They're like from the smell of cigarettes and like men with no teeth, but I know he's with me. Well, yeah. And also it's, it's about thinking about them and their memory in a Mm -hmm. way that's a different connotation than how they lived their human life. Because Mm -hmm. this was really helpful for me because I had a fraught relationship with my stepmom, even though I loved her very much. But Mm -hmm. like to know that like none of that stuff that like human bullshit goes with them. And so it's like he's sending you these signs. He's probably just kind of like playing around with you and like to make you like laugh or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but like the, when you have a difficult relationship that can be tough to let go of Mm -hmm. and yeah, he's trying to get you, get to you in any way he can. So he's doing it in the the ways that are a little jarring, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I love thinking about that. And even what you're talking about, like cigarette smoke being comforting. I think it's interesting. We see these things in trends. I think cigarette smoke is literally a note that you will find perfumers trying to add, um, Atat Libre has a fragrance. I haven't, I haven't actually smelled it, but it's called Jasmine, a cigarette. And it's literally supposed to be evocative of like, you're at a bar, you're a few drinks in, you go out for a cigarette, like with your friends, you're like, and it's got like cigarette whiffs to it. So it's, hmm. it's, I think that certain things that inevitably are like comforts to certain people, you can find tobacco scents you can find cigarette notes like if if you're into it you can find leather is another trending note so like when you're talking about your stepmom smelling like perfume and leather and cigarettes I'm like there are Tom Ford fragrances out there yeah that are imitating that smell so it's it's really interesting a hundred percent I know and it's interesting too because she gave us perfume when we were little so like my first like I told you um Gucci Rush was one yeah. of my first fragrances that she gave me because she was like it just doesn't smell right on me mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it when I was probably like I don't know 19 or 20 mm-hmm. and it's grown up with me I don't know if I've outgrown it or what I don't feel the need to stop wearing it and it kind of reminds me of her too because it's that I don't know it's just that feeling of getting perfume for the first time and right. really liking it's it a rush. you know 
It's a it's, it's a Gucci literally rush. Literally a rush. Literally yeah. a rush. Well, actually, we can work <laughs> backwards into the first questions I always ask, which are: What are you currently wearing? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance hot takes? Controversial opinions. Oof, I don't know that I have controversial opinions, but probably. So let's just get started. Yeah, it'll come out. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come we'll out. We'll get to it. Um. So right now I'm wearing Oribe Cote d'Azur. Yes, you were saying you were. I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm really into hair scents. Yeah. So I'm I'm into the fact that a lot of different hair companies now have perfumes. I think it's super smart. Mm-hmm. And like, it's obviously you already integrated into your hair products. So why not? Mm-hmm. So I love that scent. It's kind of like an everyday for me. Like I wear it so frequently, but I actually hadn't had it in a long time. I guess that would be a signature scent because I either wear it in my hair or it's on. We adopted our dog about five, six months ago, and I just got another one refilled, and she loves it. Your dog so loves the perfume? My dog loves this fragrance. Yeah, oh she like God. licks my arms every time I'm wearing it. It's really cute. My friend who's super, super intuitive and who I study with was like, Shiva told me that she loves this something new that you have. What is it? And I was like, I think it's my perfume. It's oh not new, God. but it's like new to her. I right. know, it's so cute because she's like a year what kind of dog is she? She's a mutt, but she's from Turkey originally. Um, ah. So she's an Anatolian shepherd mix. She's gorge. Well, you're saying we, and I feel like this is all relevant to bring mm. up because you also mentioned you're getting married in like a minute, right? In like two minutes, we're getting yeah. married. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I got to go. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it was great having you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're getting married in um, upstate New York in... A few weeks. Ah. Yeah, it's exciting. We're getting married during Libra season, so tis the season for marriages and mm-hmm. unions of all sorts. We've made a lot of those like big life decisions and settling decisions. We actually legally got married in November of last year. Oh, okay. Because it was just like, we don't know what next year holds, and right. we may as well. And if we right. can have a big party, let's do it. Yeah. So. Um, you're actually not supposed to get married during Mer- Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to sign anything like contracts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was how we avoided, because um, we're we're our wedding is during Mercury retrograde. So we sort of avoided the. Oh, okay. So that's the loophole. Those little loopholes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask. You know, was your wedding date? You know, as someone who's into astrology, was your wedding date an aus- an auspicious one? And were you like, oh, this is like a fruitful day to get married? How did you pick that oh, date? Yeah. Um, my teacher and I were looking at dates and I was like, I really want to get married in October. It feels super aligned. And I've always just loved the month of October, but I don't have any reason. Like Mm -hmm. my sister's birthday and and Halloween, but it wasn't like, I don't know, any particular reason. So I Mm -hmm. wanted to have our date in October. And so there were like two different dates that we were looking at a lot of the auspicious elements. Like Saturn should be in an auspicious um, relation to your son mm-hmm. or your partner's son or um, Venus should be in a really cool position. So there were a lot of different things that we were looking at, Jupiter too. So we kind of came, she was like, let's 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 say it's the 16th or the 23rd. And I was like, 16th because it'll be warmer. True. It's funny because my, I was just thinking about my friend's older sister got engaged like a year or two ago. And like I was at their house like the day after it happened and she knew I mean obviously I'm not an astrologer and I don't proclaim to be I'm just someone who's interested in it and likes to check her you know trends on the pattern but um immediately I started looking up the date and she was like Emma tell us tell us if it's good and like everything was like don't get married on this day don't do it so I showed my friend I'm like should I tell your sister like she's already booked the venue and she's like just don't tell her but you know what they're happily married now so look you know what and there's like those loopholes too like I I didn't tell my husband's like way more open to this stuff now um, Mm -hmm. because he's had loss in his life. Um, I think that kind of does open you up spiritually by proxy. Um, But at that time he wasn't really open. So I was like, let's just like, you know, I need health insurance. Let's just get legally. We were like, let's get legally married and do this date. For all the romantic reasons. (laughs) I love. And he's like, uh, yeah, whatever. United Healthcare. What can you bring me? I mean, 2020 was a real trip. Do you have a PPO? You have a good, uh, you got a good plan? (laughs) He works actually for the city, so it's not bad. Okay. 
you know what? I'm an independent contractor. I'm a, I'm a practitioner. I you need gotta, you gotta do I can it. You got to do it. Yeah. Look. Good. Good for you. I mean, hey. get that insurance, get those annuals. And if you have it, to put a ring on your finger for it to happen, then so be it. <laughs> it's 100% true. Yeah. Um, and then what are your, okay, so you're currently wearing a rebate mm. oh, yeah. dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that that's your, it's definitely Shiva's signature scent. Is it yours too? I, yes. And I'm a Gemini. So, you know, I don't like to hold myself to one. Of scent. course. I would never expect that. Um, so that I really like Limperatrice. Oh, uh, Lolita well. Limpeca? No, the, um. Oh, wait, I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah. Dolce and Gabbana, right? Dolce and Gabbana. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of something else. Uh. I know what you're talking about. And that's yeah. funny that you mention it. Cause I remember that came out when I was like 14, 15 yeah. and like just researching fragrances. Yes. When I loved Ralph. Lolita Lampeca was around that exact same time. Yep. I don't know why I just said Lolita Lampeca, but I think the L triggered something in me. But I know we were talking earlier about what you were going to wear to your wedding. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about you think you're going to wear Bergamot 22, right? I think so. Okay. I think so. I just, I don't know if I'm superstitious, but you tell me, because I've kind of worn it a few times mm-hmm. and like, associated other memories with it. So right. I'm like, should I have something like brand new that I, I only test and I wear it that day or mm-hmm. something I kind of like but already started to wear? I so that's what's so interesting. Like I personally am in like the same camp of you of like I just feel like a wedding day scent should be something that like is like new and you haven't worn it before because I'm like, shit, yeah. I love Bergamot 22. But if I wear it on like a mundane occasion – does it feel, ele- even though it's an elevated fragrance, does it feel elevated on this elevated day? Yes. But then I'm also like, but then you kind of smell like you. It's sort of like, this is the nature of your relationship. Like, are you ever going to wear that fragrance again? So I could kind of justify both ways. We were talking about this briefly, but as you know, I have decided to boycott La Labo. I'll see how long that lasts. But I wanted to give you some other scent recommendations in case you don't go that route. So you were sending me, you sent me your color palette, which for everyone listening was just this like beautiful jewel tone, fall colors. Like I just, you're going, you're getting married in upstate New York on October 16th. I just feel like I, I understand. (laughs) I understand the assignment is what I'm saying. (laughs) But I wanted to ask like more about your relationship. How did you meet your partner? Like what's, what's the energy there? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because I asked him, Hey, do you think when you think of me, do you think of a scent? And he was like, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so I'll just go at this alone. Um, he's, I know I'm making him sound like he's like a hard ass, but Mm -hmm. he's Eastern European originally. So he's Polish Mm -hmm. from, from Poland. He came to the States when he was about 15. So he has a lot of that in him, but he's also been in New York for a lot longer. So, um, He's really funny. We have a blast together. We have like kind of biting, um, dark senses of humor and Mm -hmm. make each other laugh like all day. I used to work for Soul Cycle and I worked with his brother actually Mm -hmm. and became really good friends with his brother. And I always would think like, oh, he's so funny. He was dating my friend at the time and they had a Super Bowl party. And you know, I went, his brother obviously came, we met and we were like just goofing around and, but I didn't really think that much of it. I was there with, with my friends and he was there with his and, and then he brought a date. So I was like, huh. And then, but the next day then he messaged me and he was like, Hey, I really like loved meeting you. Can I take you out? And I was like, just starting a new job. I pushed him off for a little bit. I was like being the lighthouse. I was very unintentionally elusive. Yeah. But then eventually when we did go out, And it's funny how women also self-sabotage. Like, I was like, oh, well, what if it goes wrong? Like, then I ruin the relationship with his brother. And it's like, none of that stuff really matters. Right. It's all good. Right. You know, if if the first date doesn't go well. So I encourage you to go on the first date with someone that you're, you you have that connection with. Because it was from then on, it was just done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I fully agree. Like, why the fuck not? What is the worst case scenario? Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking about 
just everything that you're trying to go for and like the energy. I liked when you were talking about how you had like a lighthouse energy, like there was something sort of like elusive, like I'm Mm -hmm. getting like a siren vibe. But I feel like for the wedding day, there should be something that's like more like I don't think you want that like that aloofness, like you want the approachable warmth. You've already lured everyone in. This is your day. I wrote down a few that I was thinking of. So first off, I don't... Listen, no one needs to boycott Lalavo just because like I had a bad experience with them. But (laughs) if you felt so inclined, there is a good dupe for Bergamot 22. Do you already own Bergamot 22? I just have the sample of it, so I'm open. Okay, Commodity is a brand that I absolutely adore. And their full bottles retail for 105, so it's a much more approachable price point. Um, versus like Lalabos, which are like 300. And they have a scent called Moss, which I find to be, it's a little bit more linear in wear than Bergamot 22. What I feel about Bergamot 22 that I think is fun about it is it opens sort of fresh and then it goes kind of like fiery and then it dries down kind of warm. So I feel like Bergamot 22 might be like a slightly better fit. There's another one by them, but they stopped making it. So I'm not going to recommend it because I keep recommending it to people and then they tell me they can't find it anywhere and they get mad at me. So I will take that one off the list, but I'll just say it out <laughs> loud. Commodity Oris, if you can find it, is so fucking good. Um, okay. And then and the other one is called Moss, you said. Moss. M-O-S-S. Yes. And then okay. there's there are two others that I've been really into for like really special warm fall scents. And the first one, and I feel like this is kind of like the energy that you're talking about, is... Mask Milano Lost Alice and it was inspired by Alice in Wonderland at the tea party and the way that I felt about it when I first smelled it was it smells like the type of person who like good things continue to happen to them and they don't and it's like they're so like everything is blissful for them that they're not they don't even have that awareness of like the sweetness that surrounds them. And mm. I don't know why I feel... And then I, then when I looked up the story and I saw that it was inspired by the Mad Hatter Tea Party and that it's supposed to be Alice, I'm like, of course. It's got a bright tea note. It's got milky notes. It's got orris notes. It's like warm. It almost smells sort of pastry-ish, but not in like a like Moogler angel way. More of like okay. a like soft pastry in a French cafe way. Like there's something sort of like buttery and warm about it it just smells like a fall bride to me I get like a there's something really special and then the other one that I think is really great Bergamot 22 would be on one on my list the other one I will say would be BDK Gris Charnel um and that is a warm spicy and fresh sandalwood scent all at once if you're sick of the Santal 33s, if you're sick of the Santal blushes, but you like the idea of them, but they're too intense for you, or they almost wear in like a cloying way, which is what I sometimes find with those fragrances, I feel like this is the sandalwood that's like the approachable, warm, nurturing sandalwood that doesn't wear like a winter fur coat. It wears more of like fall autumnal wedding. I don't know if they're particularly bridal, but I don't think that you're going for like white no. bouquet flowers. I think you just want something. You, I feel like you want something that smells like warm, special fall, right? Yes. Yeah. Like me in the fall. Yeah. I mean, during it, it could wedding. be Bergamot 20 during your <laughs> wedding and also upstate New York. I don't know. So those would be my recommendations. Okay. I also like the warm pastry thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's having, I'm having a hard time smelling that like I of course I can smell a, right. a, a pastry right like, but like is it really with yeah I guess I'm trying to imagine yeah like I've never worn a scent with that no I, I had never previously either and then as I like went down this journey I just started getting into it and I realized that like gourmands get a bad gourmands are like edible type desserty scents and they okay. get they get a bad rap because people have associated them and no offense to the to this brand because I stand it, but people associate it with like the Bath and Body Works, like pumpkin spice, whatever. Right. And there is a tier of really elevated gourmands that somehow you're like, oh, wait, I actually did want to smell edible because this is like sophisticated. And this is like not, this doesn't smell like I went into my local mall and like got this in like a seventh grade white elephant or whatever. Like it smells like a, a legit. It's not like a plastic spray bottle. No, it's something else. Okay. So yeah, that's okay. what I think if I were getting married in the fall, 
I feel like any, including Bergamot 22, I would have that as a contender. But I feel like any of those would be really good. I'm excited. I'm going to go try them. Okay. Try to go figure this out. Yeah. Because I also, like, I hear you with the Lilabo thing. Um, and I don't think any brand, you know, I, I feel very similarly to you about customer service. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You're spending that much money. You want to feel taken care of. It's like how I was not given a glass of champagne when I bought my wedding dress. I was like, seriously? Really? I know it's COVID, but like, give me a fuck. Do, what do you have back there? Do you have, yeah. do you have an old whiskey? I mean, give me some, I'm, this is the most money I've ever spent in my life. Right. It's not like it wasn't good service. It was just like, thought I was getting You've seen too glass. many say yes to the dress episodes to I've not get the champagne <laughs> treatment. Yeah. We all know like, that it comes with the dress. That's why we get the dress. Even my husband was like, wait, seriously? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't get, not not even when I was shopping. Wow. Again, COVID. Wearing COVID. a mask. Totally get it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I but. also just think like, if anything, well, first off, I don't think you should ever treat a customer based on their appearance in any way, shape or form. Of course but not. But I also think if anything, like if someone looks like they are, me for example, wearing an old Navy workout outfit and Crocs, not only does that not represent what my buying power influences, but also if you were profiling me based on my outfit and you were right, and I was going to drop $300 on a fragrance, that would be a huge commitment for me. And so to yeah. not even get like, if, if it is something that's not easy for me to spend, which it's, I don't own one full bottle of a Lalabo fragrance, then if anything, like give me better treatment because it means yeah. more for me to buy that bottle than right. the person walking in with like three Cartier bracelets, you know? It's like a different yeah. echelon. So Absolutely. And I, you know what I mean? I think that fashion is changing. The way that we present ourselves is changing and it, it shouldn't be like gone are the days where you can get away with that right. because it's also like you do have influence and you talked about it. And so mm-hmm. like clearly it's like big mistake, huge, you know, right, you basically right, right. did that right. on the social media platform that they don't really understand. So I mean, it didn't matter. Corporate did not reach out to me, but like it made me feel empowered because I walked out of the store and I'm like, you don't know who you mess with. Like tripping on my Crocs as I like walk down Fifth You're Avenue. You're like putting down like, notes. Excuse You're like, me. This is what I'm going to say. Yeah. No, 100%. It w- you did the equivalent of a, of a pretty woman, and I applaud you for it. Yeah, except mine's called Average Woman, and um, <laughs> everyone was commenting, like, make a pretty woman series, and I'm like, but mine would be called, like, person walks into a store series. Someone so a per- is yeah, here. So someone's here. That's what the series <laughs> is called. <laughs> Today's Perfume 101 is on the powdery facet. What is it? Is there actual powder and fragrance? The answer is no. Without getting too much in detail, I'm just going to tell you guys the perfume notes most commonly responsible for creating that powder smell in perfumes that you know and love. I also will say the powdery facet seems to be a controversial one because people just immediately assume you're talking about baby powder and instantly shut it down, don't want to smell like it. But I think the powder facet done right can be one of the sexiest smells ever. So these are the notes most often found in something that smells powdery. Iris, orris, almond, heliotrope and the synthetic note heliotrope in and if you guys want to hear about what any of those notes are if i haven't talked about them before let me know and i will do perfume 101s on the individual notes back to the episode okay alex so yes we were talking earlier we're talking about potentially doing some sort of like reading during this Mm -hmm. thing what should we do yeah well okay I know you know a lot about your astrology, which is great. So I was thinking what we could do is I'll give you a little bit of a rundown of your birth chart. This is some of the elements that you may not be aware of, like planets that are conjunct, planets that are trining one another or Mm -hmm. squaring and things that give you a little bit more of an understanding beyond just you have a cellium in Scorpio, Mm -hmm. you're right, you know, your big three, you know, you know, like maybe a little bit about house placements and things like that. Like, I guess, tell me where you are. And I'll adapt. Well, okay. When you're talking about how you went down a rabbit hole of my videos, that is how I was on yours because oh. I feel like I know the surface of us. I can talk, I can okay. talk, you know, I can schmooze at a bar about astrology. We can reference the pattern. We can reference co-star. I can say things like stellium. I can be like 12th house. I can be like <laughs> my Mars is in Scorpio. But like beyond yes. that, I, I have okay. had my birth chart read, but... 
like the, I just forget like the conjunctions and the all the different things and I also forget the like I have learned all the houses and like what it means but it like doesn't doesn't stick with me so okay so we'll do a little bit of an overview and also for everyone listening so you get to know I'm a little bit more and you can like get a little bit of a peek into who you are um and then what I do in my sessions is I do half astrology Mm -hmm. to set the stage and then I finish with tarot and getting more specific with I don't know which deck we're going to choose I have others too but um tarot works best to look at your individual energy pattern in whatever lens you want to look into so if you're like I want to talk about like just the podcast and like Mm -hmm. where the podcast is going to go we could do that if you're like I want to talk about career in general Mm -hmm. we can do that um, or if you have a specific question, like, should I have this guest or this guest that we probably wouldn't want to do on air, but you could do that yeah. too. That'll be so the, you can uh, get Patreon. even more specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Behind right. the scenes. So I'm going to actually share my screen. Okay. You can see this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for everyone listening, I'm looking at my chart. She's looking at her chart. I can send this to you too, if you want to like post it or anything, um, okay. if that would be helpful. But this is, this is you. This is where all of the planets were when you took your first breath. Again, you took it one year prior to my sister to the day, which I do feel like is pretty cool. I love that birthday for you and her, by the way. Do you love it? I I love my birthday. Every theme party as a kid was Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday. I self-identify with October. It is everything to me. I Yes, I 100% agree. So you have... When we're talking about the date that you were born, that's why we're talking about your son. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're also talking about this, again, like you said, you have this stellium Mm -hmm. in the third house, all in Scorpio. So I do feel like we need to talk about that. But I want to talk about something else first because it's really cool and it's pertinent to the podcast. So I gave you a little teaser, but we're going to go. We're going to go in all different directions because it's Mercury retrograde and who's linear these days. You said that earlier. So did you know that your Jupiter is conjunct your rising? Had you explored that before? No, and I don't know what that means. Okay. So let's talk about it. So Jupiter is here right on your ascendant in Virgo. Um, They're only a couple degrees apart, but that's considered an exact conjunction. Mm -hmm. And Jupiter is the planet of gifts, luck expansion. Jupiter rules Sagittarius, as you may or may not know if you're an astrology geek, like Sagittarians are like those people, like how you're describing the Alice in Wonderland scent. Mm -hmm. Just everything kind of works out for them. They just happen upon life Mm -hmm. and everything lines into place. Mm. So, and Jupiter is also how we study and our philosophy on life. And it just sort of expands us in every which way. So you have Jupiter on your ascendant, which means you have a lot of luck in your life as well. You move through the world in that way. You have had things kind of line up for you. And that's kind of why you can identify with that fragrance, which I think is really interesting that you brought it up um, and why you were like, oh, and then when I researched the story, it just made a lot of sense. So you have a personality that, yes, may come across with the Virgo in, but it almost reads Sagittarian because you have Jupiter right on your ascendant as well. And also when it comes to learning, when it comes to like this encyclopedic knowledge that you must have Mm -hmm. to do what you do, it is with that Virgo in quality with your ascendant in Virgo. So this is someone who's amazing at research. This is someone who like when they research, they find that the things that they research are presented to them. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, you following something that you're really interested in and you happen to just really love it and want to talk about it all the time. And then things work out for you, like getting a podcast related to that or, you know, having like you get a social media following around that. So these are like great examples that when I found that I was like, oh my God, like, Emma, this is so, this is so amazing. This is so you. Also the rising is really how you are. I think that there's something interesting and I'm doing more research peripherally on this, but this is like the social media lens Mm -hmm. I think is interesting. Is it your rising or is it your midheaven, which is your public reputation? I, I do think it's more rising because it's one-to-one. You're talking to camera. This is like if you're on a reality show, mm-hmm. like your rising sign is what people I think see and right. identify with. And then they sort of get into 
more of you later. But I think, um, you know, given you've had such luck and expansion when it comes to exploring something that you are so interested in and research on your own, it this is a perfect example of this Jupiter conjunct ascendant that you have. That is so is- interesting. And I never thought about that before. And I also... I, when I was younger, I didn't really see like where that Virgo side of me was because I just felt like kind of like disheveled. I show up, I'm not the planner and all these things. But then when I yeah. think about like what my public persona is, it's like an information seeker and giver yeah. and like spreading helpful knowledge. So I guess that that, for everyone listening, you can't see my face, but I'm just like beaming from ear to ear as Alex is like reading this to me. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> um, I love to see... The Virgo, I mean, your chart is ruled by Mercury too. So I love to see that anybody with a Mercury ruled chart is in a profession in which you talk for a living. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just perfect. And you can give information that way you can write. You know, I know you do comedy as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure writing this comes very easily to you as well. So it's just, it's such a big part of your personality too. And yeah, with the Jupiter conjunction there that's where you get the disheveled that's where you get I just show up and it's kind of all planned for me it's like that very laid back approach and yet Mm -hmm. it works out so you love to see it I love love my saggies wow okay very cool so yeah so that's that's an interesting element for you let's talk about the Scorpio stellium um because we must it's it's right over here Mm -hmm. um there is a nice little sextile that you have with Jupiter and Mars which is being able to take what comes to you very naturally and put it into action Mars Mm -hmm. is the action planet and it's again it's in your third house which is the Gemini house that's the house of communication podcasts writing speaking engagements hosting in any capacity so Mm -hmm. That's a that's a beautiful connection that you can make things happen creatively. Mm-hmm. You also have Mars conjunct your sun in Scorpio. And so that is someone, I mean, you are hardworking, energetic. You're someone who you get the idea, you get intuitive hits probably. And again, you can make that happen pretty quickly because it's connected to your gut energy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I get a gut feeling about something, whether it's a person, whether it's an idea, whether it's a a project and you're able to just go. Mm -hmm. So the problem with that or, you know, what you need to watch is acting impulsively, obviously, because you're very used to that like Mm -hmm. one-to-one and sometimes you don't have all the information or it's not the right time to act. So Mm -hmm. be wise to write it down, <laughs> come to it later, you know, that's Let it where Virgo, you, for a second. Yeah. yeah you want to bring the Virgo in like, okay, let's plan this a little bit, you know, yeah. let's refine it, mm-hmm. edit. I also want to talk to you about your evolution in this lifetime. Cause you're a Scorpio and you obviously like that shit. Um, or I should, I shouldn't make that assumption. Do you want to talk about evolution? Emily? I want to talk about <laughs> evolution, Alex. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. So Uranus is over here connected to your north node. And you may have heard of the nodes of fate as they're sometimes described. And those are the polarity points for us to see where we're going in this lifetime where our soul should be evolving towards. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to give you the cliff notes version because evolutionary astrology is really vast. But Mm -hmm. so long story short, there's really a lot of creativity that you can use to structure your life or vice versa, structure creativity into your life. And it Mm. will have something to do with the hearth of Mm. your space. Immediately what was making me think of is, are you creating your own line of home scent? Are you, you know, helping people discover what their scent is for their home? It's like, yes, you're a scent expert, but, or, you know, it's, your household name in that way, or like, mm-hmm. you know, you're in everybody's home specifically. So I don't know what you want to do if you want to do it all relating to scent, but it does have a lot a strong connotation to home. And like, what does home mean? Is the sense what brings you home? Are mm-hmm. you home in it of yourself by simply living your life? I mean, this is kind of deep, but wow, no, this is fascinating. And all it, things to think about. Yeah. Can I just say like, I am just so impressed with your knowledge and ability to do this like I like just the fact that this is just so hard to understand and it's so much to dive into and as someone who loves astrology and thinks she knows about it like this is just like another level and it's it's just fascinating and so (laughs) this is really cool 
Oh, well, thanks. It's so much fun. It's similar to you, you know, when you feel like you are really excited to like delve into things. I, this is, this is my life's work. I wow. love it. Well, it, it shows and it's really interesting. I mean, I have been thinking about like creating a line of fragrance, like if that would be the next step. So I don't know if that's like in the charts for me. Would you want to talk about that? Like where, where you should be focusing your efforts in terms of your career? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to get my career doc. Okay. <laughs> so bear with me. Um, so do you know your human design as well? I'm not a human design reader, but I dabble a little bit. I know a little bit about it. I did it once and it didn't resonate with me like at okay. all. So I like. Interesting. I mean, I know you're an ENFP too, right? Yes. Yeah. So that resonated with me. I read this and I was like, yep, that's me. Um, and also this totally. checks out like talking to you, like, I just feel like our energy. I also just feel like, I feel like a lot of times Gemini's and Scorpio's are like misunderstood, but only because they're like very similar in a lot of, I don't know if that like resonates with you. Yes. Some of my favorite, absolute favorite people are Scorpio's and I mean, clearly my sister too. And, um, I have a Scorpio moon as well. Mm hmm. So I feel like I have two of those like super misunderstood signs. Yeah. And I love it because I love that people like meet you and then they hear that and they're like, oh, but you're awesome. And it's like, yeah, because every person can be amazing. Right. And the best version of whatever that archetype is, or they can be awful. Right. They can be unhealed and the worst version of that. Right. So we all exist in these polarity points and you can be all of those things in the span of one day, especially when you live in New York. What is why I am He's He loves the Scorpio Loving phrase. the Scorpio. Wyatt, wait, I knew you were a Scorpio. When is your birthday, Wyatt? October 26th. Oh my God, oh. coming yeah. right up. <laughs> we love it. We love to see it. I love to be, see? Yeah, I just wanted to chime thank in you. and say I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel held. I feel supported by you too, so thank you. Wow, and likewise, this is a very nurturing environment. <laughs> one of my very close friends is a triple Scorpio. Oh, my God. But he's, like, not what you would expect. Right. It's, and I think that's the thing about Scorpio is that it's so cool because it's, like, you guys are those people that are mysterious and mm -hmm. keep people guessing. I don't know, like, two Scorpios that are exactly the same. Right. You guys get that, like, oh, yeah, doom and gloom and goth thing. Mm -hmm. But it's I don't, I don't know one Scorpio like that in real life. So I'm going to angle this down while I'm shuffling for you. We're just going to aim to get clarity. I might... I might actually mute it. I don't know if you want to cut out the the shuffling. It's kind of soothing, actually. Maybe people will like it. ASMR. I don't yeah. know. Okay, I'm just going to do that. Yeah. Um, just center in however you do. Okay. Think about that concept in your life. And let me know when it feels right for me to stop shuffling. Okay, and this is all about career. Yes, and okay. all of your different buckets. Okay. Where you can focus energy. Which pile resonates the most with you? Um, this one. Yes. Okay. That's the one with obsidian, which is the crystal for protection. Hmm. So maybe that'll come into play here. I'm going to hold each one up because I know you can't see these. Okay. So first things first. Do you know anything about tarot, by the way? I didn't ask you that. Like... Again, a bit? really basic stuff. For you, Paige? Yes. <laughs> FYP, TikTok, <laughs> like all the lives where it's like, say your name. Oh my God, wait, side note. I always join this one psychic medium's lives where he's like, hello, everybody, say your name and where you're from. And I always am like, if anyone who follows me sees me, I'm always like, Emma, New York City, blessings with love a reading. What's my destiny? And I'm just like, I hope none of my friends are in this live right now. I never win a free reading, but you know. Yeah, I know. It's like, I do the same thing sometimes, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to remain anonymous. Yeah, I know. Um, so the devil comes through reversed, which is actually a cool sign. Uh, kings, the king of swords, mm -hmm. the knight of pentacles. So this line is all about, um, if we're talking about focusing your energy, we're focusing your energy in a way that is 
quite healthy with this pattern. So this is the devil coming through reverse, which is actually getting over toxic behaviors, any toxic patterns or people that are in your career mm -hmm. um, need to be weeded out. And I think you're also getting a stronger sense and a stronger confidence to be able to do that where you know who kind of needs to go and needs who needs to stay. Mm -hmm. um, this is also being comfortable with making a choice that has nothing to do with money. Mm -hmm. So this is something that when you have all these different buckets in your career, you know, a lot of that, it becomes like this hustle mentality of like, okay, let me grab, let me get more and more. And like, what, at what point is more, more, or mm -hmm. at what point are you getting detracted mm -hmm. energy, mm -hmm. um, or distracted or, you know, you're burning out. Mm -hmm. So these are things to, to keep in mind. I actually think you're doing a good job of this right now, but maybe this is something that you've focused on as of late is, mm -hmm. would you say that that's correct? A hundred percent. Great. So King of Swords is someone that you absolutely want in your corner. This is a strong, I want to say calculated, but not in the way that it has the bad reputation of connotation with. Um, this is someone who's like very strategic about their career, their others' careers that they help. They are a strong communicator, you know, similar to you, like quick wit. Mm -hmm. They find the right word no matter what no matter if it's Mercury retrograde or not. Mm -hmm. Strong vocabulary. This mm -hmm. is someone that also people just really respect because of their advice is always really spot on and they're very logical. Is it it's you? Very left side. Are you the king of swords? I don't swords? think so. I don't know. I, I mean, think it's you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've definitely shown up like this before, but uh, I feel like this person is already in your energy mm -hmm. pattern. So mm -hmm. yeah, it could be me, but it's most likely someone that like you would work with mm -hmm. on a long-term basis, yeah. which we can absolutely do. But I think it would be... You guys heard it first. We are now in business together. We We're doing a, a business together. Yeah. So this is how this is how we announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also someone that you really... They're like, take it or leave it. They're mm -hmm. not like, you must do it this way. It's just sort of like, here it is. Um, I mean, that is kind of how I operate too, mm -hmm. but here's the information. Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, great. I feel like I could take it or not mm -hmm. and that they would support me regardless. Mm -hmm. Well, Knight of Wands also comes through reverse here. This is the Page of Pentacles <clears throat> and the Nine of Cups. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about, like, you just became aware of this thing today, the Sagittarian element to yourself. When the Knight of Wands comes up, that is a Sagittarian, a strong Sagittarian pull. And with the Page of Pentacles, this is strong Virgo mm -hmm. energy. Hmm. And with the Nine of Cups, there is some element to you, right? I don't know if you've done it yet, but where you're trying to strong arm the future instead of letting things happen the way that they're meant to happen. And you know that that actually works better for you when you try not to exert control and you just follow what you naturally feel called and compelled to mm -hmm. research or learn about. This is like Page of Pentacles should be leading your charge here. Mm -hmm. This is going to help the Sagittarian elements fall into place if you're just simply writing about what you want to write about, talking about what you want to talk about, and just researching the way that you do, mm -hmm. it will naturally fall with like your luck has been because you've been just excited mm -hmm. and you've been like a new pupil mm -hmm. and you've looked at things with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. So it's a reminder that that is how you operate. If you're trying to do it a different way, that's cool, but it probably won't be as successful for you as the way that it's been successful already. So you can just apply that in different facets. If something feels like you're not excited to learn it, that's the time to probably let that project go. And you mm -hmm. have multiple projects that you can think about this. Mm -hmm. You should not hold on to something because at one time it was a dream of yours. This is all resonating very deeply. Okay. So last line. Good. I'm glad. Ten of Pentacles, that's money. Um, seven of Wands comes through reverse in the Nine of Swords. Okay. Something in your line, and I think we may need to pull a little bit more. Well, let's talk about this. Fear of success. When you have all the money, when you have all the, the things that you always dreamed of, mm -hmm. you can spiral a little bit and feel a little bit of anxiety when that happens for you. It's mm -hmm. very common. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have this. And it's more so like once you hit the goal of whatever that is. It feels like monetary, monetarily mm -hmm. 
decided, you're like, oh shit, like then that means like I'm in a different tax bracket and then I have to do my taxes different. And then like it's, it's, it gets you on this like negative spiral, like of anxiety, like, oh my God, like I've never had this much. Like it could all flush down the toilet. It's like, well, yeah, with that attitude, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to go that we're talking about it. We're aware of it. This is a happy thing Mm -hmm. and it's what you've always wanted. And so there's a level in which you're going to change your orientation towards success because we're talking about it now and you're somebody that is very intuitive. So you're going to notice when Mm -hmm. that anxiety pops up and it's like an old familiar friend. Mm -hmm. Anxiety never really goes away. You're a Virgo rising. I have a lot of Gemini in my chart. Mm -hmm. We must personify it. We must get comfy with the fact that anxiety will always kind of be a part of us, Mm -hmm. but and when needed, medicate. Thank you, Lexapro. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And look, like, this might be the time where you, you're like, uh-oh. What is that about? Mm-hmm. So it's just a time to also think about exploring what that means for you. Are there any ancestral patterns there? Are there any familial patterns there? Is it, any, you know, like, what does money mean to me? Yeah. What does money, what did money mean to my mom, my dad? Like, we learn these fears from our parents usually or like you know some sort of um event that stays with us and so we it's visceral it's like the loop is already formed in your brain so it's uh it's not you're not crazy and it's not something to be ashamed of either it's just something to be aware of and then work through interesting but i like to see it we like to see a ten of pentacles we like to see the money coming in that means money's coming yeah all right, that's the big takeaway. That's the big takeaway. Now, She's rich. Yeah, that's... Hit her up. Okay. <laughs> Drinks on me, everybody. Yeah. Buy me a drink. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'll Actually, buy you no, one. I'm not. No, I'm I'll not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. We're not kidding. So I'm going to buy you a drink. I would love to accept a drink, and I would like to buy you the next round. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> this has been really enlightening. Um... I definitely strayed away from the from the path of, you know, like normal episodes, but really just cool. And I like just too how you tied it to like the lost Alice scent of like, oh, that checks out. That makes sense. Are do you find and I know this has been a long podcast, but do you find in general and through your research that there are certain specific scents like um, as a Gemini that like most Geminis when you pulled them loved or anything like that? Yeah. I feel like the citrus, the the crisp scents, mm-hmm. the um, I'm always grabbing like a, some sort of a citrus or some sort of a fresh scent. Right. But then when I thought about what I actually what calms me down, it's the Sagittarian scents, which is the opposite of Gemini. So mm. the muskier scents, more sandalwood, more uh, leather. I, so I liked that. Yeah, leather. Yeah, leather. Well, even though that that was like a what was hard too is that like some scents are just like much more popular mm-hmm. whether it's related to a, a sign or not. It's just sort of like universal. Right, it's a good scent, and so it's going to. It's do a great well scent for any yeah, sign. Yeah, and it was good. like not. I was like, all right, it's like kind of hard to parse out like who should get sandalwood. Right. It felt like a popularity contest. Right. Ultimately, I think I gave it to Sagittarius. So. And that's, You're welcome. I, you know, it's funny in the video <laughs> series that I did, I said Centaur 33 was a Sagittarius scent. There is something very Sagittarius yeah. about sandalwood to me. So I'm glad yeah. we are um, aligned there, you know? Absolutely. Very validating. Yeah. And Scorpio is a hard one to pin down because you guys are so mysterious and it can vacillate. Yeah. I mean, I think people think of Scorpios as like smoke and mirrors and they assume like tobacco, leather, heavy. Yeah. And I think that there's already so much darkness that Scorpios sort of like hold and carry whether they mean to or not that I tend to like something that has like a mysterious quality, but more of like the skin scent variety of like enigmatic and alluring, but not in like an over the top way and more of just like who smells good in this elevator like type of energy. Yes. Yes. That feels right. Yeah. Like you can't quite put your finger on it. Right. But it's beautiful. Yeah. Which I think is, yeah, that's spot on. Do you agree with the Gemini read, by the way? Just to of like the citrus? Back. One? Yeah. Yeah. Crisp. 
citrus. Yeah. yeah, you know, Gemini is one that I have gone back and forth on because my original th- take on like a Gemini scent was something that's just not linear in its wear just because I feel like there's so much like shifting in the, in the Gemini um, traits that it's like if you get something that you know how it smells from beginning to end, it like bores a Gemini. That's sort of like Absolutely. what I was thinking. Um, and then I actually had another astrologer on the pod David Odyssey and David was saying Gemini's can wear absolutely anything. He was saying that they're kind of like the ones that are like most versatile of just like yeah, give Gemini chameleon. yeah like give Gemini any scent and they will be fine. And that that <laughs> I was like I was almost like Gemini's might be the most picky. Like I have to pick the right one. But he was more like no, they'll do anything. They'll wear whatever. I think that's spot on. That's yeah. actually really really smart. And to think about it like androgynously mm-hmm. too, like. A masculine scent can like really, really work for me sometimes, right. and, or like a hyper feminine, right? So it's like it makes no sense. Yeah, I think that's. I think it <laughs> speaks to the the versatility of just like it's whatever yeah. you're craving in that moment, and yeah, yeah. Do you have any strong scent memories from your childhood, like a really happy smell? Ooh, you know, I've always had a super strong. <laughs> this is so basic, but like a big reason why I love. October is because of the scent of like leaves, pumpkin, like these, you know, where did those you, where did winter you grow scent- up? I grew up in Rochester, New York, which is yeah, like so it's fall. the beautiful leaves, yeah. like when they fall, when they're wet, the forests mm-hmm. at that time, it's just like, it's I love October because, and also like, I haven't really experienced being home in the fall mm-hmm. since I left when I was like 18. So it's very reminiscent for me. Like, it's just that smell is like wood and leaves and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it reminds me of like playing in the leaves when I was five. Yeah. I mean, I think it all checks out. Like, that's a smell that is like a really happy time for you. And look at your wedding day and look at the scents you're looking at and look at what you you gravitate towards. That's really nice. Do you have a smell that you associate? Like, if you had to pick one person in your life, any person, it could be someone you love, you hate, anything in between. Just like, is there someone that has a really distinct smell to you? Yes. And I, God, I don't remember what, well, I, I do remember scents like a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think that has something to do with being um, intuitive. But I, there are certain perfumes that like, it's my friend that wears it. And Mm -hmm. like, anytime someone else wears it, it's her. And I'm like, is Lise by here? Like, it's just like her scent. It's crazy. Um, It's a Lilabo 29 or something. I don't remember. Tainoir 29. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She told me and I forgot it like instantly. (laughs) So that one, uh, yeah, like that, that. That cigarette, leather, and perfume smell that right. my, is anytime that somebody smells like that or I just smell it, it just brings me right back to my stepmom. I'm like, is she here? Yeah. And it's like, she may be. She might be, right. I she mean, might, she might actually be here. I, yeah. I've heard that there's like certain, <laughs> like, I mean, I've spoken to some psychic mediums. As you can see, I, I do a lot of it. Like, I'm all about astrology yeah. and mediumship. I've gone to multiple mediums. Did your dad come through? My dad came through. My cool. grandfather, who I never met, came through. My grandmother came through. My cat came through. It's like a big mm. celebration. My I met my spirit guide. Her name is Aggie. Cool. I will say one time, um, I wanted to see if I like could hypnotize my mom. <laughs> I talk about my mom a lot on this podcast. I want she's always game for like whatever weird shit I want to do, and I just wanted to like see if I could hypnotize her. And we were like lying <laughs> on the couch. This is like years ago. And I was like really into this and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like hypnotize you. I didn't think she was serious. Like I thought, I thought we were on the same page. Like I was joking. And so I just started saying like, you're in Brooklyn. My mom grew up in Brooklyn and I was like, you're in Brooklyn. You're 10 years old. It's a hot, sweaty summer day. You're outside, whatever. And then I was like, you, you hear the sound of the ice cream truck. Like what's the first thing you say? And she was like, ma, I want the good humor, like good humor. Like, and I was just like, I literally was like, mom. And then she like opened her eyes and I was like, what the fuck just happened? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, did I just hypnotize? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're seriously sitting on a gold mine. Like you're pretty much a psychic. You should hang out a storefront and just just pick don't charge yet but like you can do this i'm almost positive okay i'll just start doing it okay <laughs> i mean you're a student of it right, right like right. like what i said before you know maybe yeah. don't accept money yet but yeah you're highly intuitive i mean you hypnotize hypnotize your mom and 
She also like, just like, I, falls that's asleep what I easily. Her. So I'm well, like, well, like you're being now you're being. But like she humble. lost her Brooklyn accent. Like you know, she, like I think she like yeah. had a really thick accent as a kid. Like to the point that she she said gojuma instead of good humor. And so my grandmother was like, you can't like speak like that. And so she like helped my mom get rid of her accent. And so when she said gojuma, I was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Where in Brooklyn did she grow up? In Flatbush. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you absolutely hypnotize her. So now you're a student of past life regression. We have one more segment of the show left, and that is What's That Smell? It is a rapid-fire scent association. Whatever answer you say is the right answer. Mmm, what's that smell? Okay, all right. And it's like, if you say a note, the answer is a note. If you say a color, the answer is a color. If you say a feeling, okay. anything's right. Okay. Great. Alex, are you ready to play What's That Smell? I, uh, I think so. Okay. What is the smell of Brooklyn, New York? Birch tree. That is a new one. Okay. What is the smell of of Manhattan? Money. (laughs) I love these answers. I was going to say green, but then I'm like, it's not green. And what did I really want to say? Money. Money. What is the smell of um, Shiva the dog? Dust. Honestly, that's not, all things considered, that's a good dog smell. Um, what is the smell of your home? Hmm. It is kind of like orange. Nice. Do you, I don't know if it's the color of the fruit. Do you burn, um, incense or anything for sessions? Yes. I use, I use Copal a lot. The, um, cause I got a a bunch when I was in Mexico Mm -hmm. and I love that scent too, but that it's not like what my house smells like all the time. It smells like the color orange. I like it. Okay, which is kind of like fall in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. What is the smell of um, love? Mm. I feel like I want to say bergamot. I think so. Yeah, bergamot. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. What is the smell of embarrassment? Cinnamon. I, I don't know. Yeah. That was the first thing. It tracks. <laughs> um, okay, and... Baking accident. It happens yeah. to the best of us. <laughs> And to conclude this podcast, what is the smell of the High Priestess of Brooklyn? Ooh, I think it's I think it's probably incense. I think it's probably copal. Nice, that's a great smell. Yeah. Well, Alex, I know people are going to hear this reading and they are going to run to book sessions with you. Where (laughs) can people find you? Where can they follow you? And where can they work with you? Yeah. Well, just walk. Don't run. Be careful. Okay. Um, you guys hear that, right? Okay. In general. And yeah. d- definitely not with scissors. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm High Priestess of Brooklyn everywhere. Um, so it's H-I-G-H uh, Priestess. I'm not going to spell out each thing. But that's the type of High Priestess I am, not H-I. So um, that's my website. That's my Instagram. And then I did shorten it for the kids on TikTok. It's High Priestess BK. Right, right. On TikTok. It's too, mou- it's too much of a mouthful for the It's the too Gen much Z. for yeah. them. They're yeah. like, tell me where my, what this means. Mm-hmm. What does my Venus in the 10th house mean? Mm-hmm. Do you answer mm-hmm. those comments? I'm starting not to. Yeah. I think I had to let go of people pleasing. Yeah, you kind of have, yeah, pick and choose. I I do it like spontaneously, so it's just like fun, but I don't really, it's too much. Well, I'm going to book an hour session with you because I have a thousand more questions. And Alex, it's been an absolute delight. (laughs) Also, regardless, we will get coffee. I will be paying for it um, simply because you asked. And thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 